move on. Um, and now we're at the heart of the program here. I want to introduce, and I am honored to introduce our guest speaker. And uh, our guest speaker is well known in the capital region. And I had the privilege of meeting uh, Dr. Jennifer Burns earlier this year at the Rensselaer County Justice Center Robert Doherty Memorial Lecture that featured keynoker, mm, keynote speaker and historian Dr. Joseph, where Dr. Burns uh, served as the moderator for that event. When I learned about her doctoral research, I had to learn more about Dr. Burns. I was very fascinated by the title. I reached out to Dr. Burns and had a tremendous and exciting conversation with her about her work and her future work. And as a result of our discussion, I thought it would be timely and vital that her research about Troy be shared. Our guest speaker currently serves as a lecturer in the Department of Africana Studies at the University of Albany. Uh, she has contributed to several historical database projects and documentaries, including the Slavery by Another Name, the Reenactment of Black Americans from the Civil War to World War II, written by uh, Douglas Blackman, the 2012 edition. She's also contributed to Searching for Timbuktu, produced by Paul Miller in 2021. And most recently, uh, she has contributed to the WHMT docuseries, Reframing an Empire. As a lo local historian, Dr. Burns has presented at numerous community events and conferences and received numerous awards, including the University of Albany 2019 Distinguished Dissertation Award for her doctoral dissertation, Black Trojans, the Grassroots Abolition Campaign of the Free Black Community in Troy, New York before 1861. She earned her bachelor's degree in Africana Studies and her master's and doctoral degrees in American History from the History Department at University of Albany. Now let's give a warm welcome to our guest speaker, Dr. Jennifer Burns. First thing I'd like to do is thank everyone, and in particular the NAACP, for allowing me to share this annual breakfast with you. Um, and also to be able to deliver information that I needed when I was growing up here in Lansingburg, but wasn't present in my education. I um, grew up in the Berg, as we call it, if you're from Lansingburg, okay? And one of the things that shaped my life was that as I was going through school, I did not see people that looked like me in my studies. And it wasn't that long ago. I mean, I know I look a little older now, but it was not too long ago. And so I experienced this kind of disconnect with my education and also with sometimes my teachers and my friends, because there was really only a handful of black kids in Lansingburg when I was growing up and in that school, right? So there was a disconnect that I felt. And that disconnect was misinterpreted as that I didn't understand well enough what I was being taught. And I under 
understood what I was being taught, but I couldn't place it in the right context because I kept wondering, and some of you have heard me say this before, where are all the black people? <laughs> right? And I couldn't fully articulate this as a kid though. Right, as a kid, I just knew that I had this feeling that I wasn't there, that it was omitted, that it needed to be there, and I wanted to more, know more about it. And I wanted other people to know about it. And I'd like to say that this was a smooth ride to figuring it out to get to where I am today, but it wasn't smooth. I um, was required to spend time in after-school tutoring, one-on-one -on -one in history. It was a thing. It was, it was real. Yeah, I did. Um, I also was required to get additional one-on-one -on -one assistance in um, reading and English. And now I have continued to remain a slow reader, but I've also discovered about myself that one of the reasons I read so slow is my mind is constantly working I'm making connections to what I'm reading with what I'm seeing and needing and wanting to know more about. So it tends to take me a little while to get through things. Um, I will say though that when I got to my senior year in high school, I was about to fail Regents English. Now this is gonna date me a little bit, you see, because back then you could get a regular diploma or you'd get a Regents diploma. Okay, so. Um, I was going to fail. Well, I wasn't going to fail. I just wasn't going to get the Regents Diploma if I didn't pass English with a certain grade. And the teacher I had gave me a list of books that I could read. And she said, you're going to read one of these books, and then you'll write a research paper. I said, OK. And I chose a book called Jubilee by Margaret Walker. And I don't know if any of you are familiar with this book, but it's about 700 pages long. <laughs> it was ambitious. It was always ambitious. And um, it was about a black woman during the Civil War who went from enslavement to freedom. And when I read it, I thought, this is what I'm looking for. And it was much later in life that I came across an interview by Octavia Butler, who's a very famous writer, the late Octavia Butler about her book, Kindred. She had written Kindred in the 1970s, and it's a really seminal work about African-American um, history, and also it's done through sci-fi. And when she was interviewed about how she wrote the book, this time travel of the main character, she said, I wanted to write a book that made people feel history. And I thought, oh, that's also what I'm searching for. I had a nagging feeling in me. Where are all the black people around me in my education, right? Where are they? And when she said that in this interview and I read it, I thought, that's right. I want to feel it and I want to write stuff that other people feel too, right? Now, in, read this book in high school. It started my yearning to know more about the black experience, but also at the same time, people name-dropped Henry Highland Garnett because he wasn't part of my regular education. It just kind of came at the end. And I was like, oh, he must have brought all the black people. <laughs> then I was like, well, how could that be possible? 
Like, he brought them all and nobody had a problem and he came here in like 18, the 1830s? Like, wait a minute, right? So I took a course in college at Hudson Valley, <coughs> sir. I did, I went to Hudson Valley and um, it was Intro to African American History. And it reignited my love with black history. And it also pushed this feeling, that nagging, that where is, where are, what did they do, the black people in Troy around me. And again, I'd like to say that that was the point where I turned. It was like, yes, I am going to pursue a degree in Africana studies, and I am going to be a college professor. No. <laughs> um, and that was because, really, I didn't see the worthiness in myself or in Africana studies at the time, because for so long up to that point, it wasn't included in my education as something worthy to know and do. And I didn't know this then. I now look back and I can reflect on this. And you know, when Renee said to me, this, um, this breakfast, the theme of this breakfast is empower me, that struck a chord in me. Because as I was kind of stumbling through my way, wanting to know where all the black people are, I realized that I was empowering myself and I eventually ran into some professors who were also empowering me. I didn't know it fully at the time because I was like, no, no, I think I need to go be in like forensic psychology. I think I need to go be a lawyer, right? And then my side hustle became collecting information about the black Trojans, right? It was on the side. It wasn't the main dish. I continued to major in Africana studies though because it was food for my soul. I could feel it and I could see and know that I came from, in this area, a powerful movement of people who were dedicated to the same things that I see people in Troy dedicated to today.